Welcome to Heartland Church. It is our prayer that as you listen to the following message, you would experience the heart of God for your life. For more information about our ministry and available resources, visit us on the web at heartlandchurchonline.com. Now, let's join this week's service already in progress. Good morning. Has anybody noticed Dave? It's looking really good these days. <laughs> and uh, Dave, you, ha- you know you have a beautiful wife. I- I- you have a beautiful family. I love you guys. You know, I love this family and what they've done for you guys is absolutely incredible. The journey that you guys have been on. And, uh, but I-, I have to, I know you, uh, you're a lover, you know, and you're a humble man. But I've also noticed just over the weekend that God has brought you to a new level of authority. Has anybody noticed that? I'm just going, who is this guy? Some authority on this guy. And, and, and I'm not just talking about you speak with the strength in your tone. I'm talking about when you speak, I could feel the vibrations of authority coming off of you. I could feel that presence of authority coming off of you. Now, authority is not a bad thing. Authority is not a dirty word. Anybody know that? In fact, submission to authority is probably the, the, the safest place to be in, in your life. And when you, when you understand that, submission is a level of freedom that you don't get when you're out, you know, independent. You actually get a higher level of freedom uh, when you understand authority and become accountable to authority. Uh, does this make sense? Uh, you know, for, for many, the, the idea of authority has been, you know, a wife must submit to her husband and a husband's ahead. And it's kind of become, uh, in some ways, misused and, and abused uh, because that word head is not really about uh, the, the husband is, is the, you know, the, the leader, final say, I'm, I'm the boss. And it's actually the head waters, speaking of the, the resource or the headwater river source that comes uh, and provides streams of resource for those uh, that, that it touches. And so it's more about becoming a resource than just uh, a, a, you know, let's get it done. You know, follow me as I follow Christ. It's, it, it's more of a resource. And, and I see that in this house, the authority of resource is here. And God wants to resource you guys and bring you to a new place of resource. But I believe they, that it's not just resource coming. You will be a resource in the authority that God has partnered and planted in you guys. And so I just feel like just to, you know, in some ways that the prophetic is a witness to things. It, it, there are times when the prophetic calls things that are not as though they were. But then there are other times when the prophetic actually witnesses concerning the time and season that we're in. That's in Acts 2 when Peter stood up and he said, this is that which the prophet Joel spoke. He was actually prophesying, though he was not saying this is to come. He was saying this is now. He was witnessing of what was going on in the moment and giving a prophetic uh, perspective on what was happening in the environment that they were already in. And for, for a lot of times, well, yeah, you ever been, uh, you know, in a season of, uh, you know, you're getting trim, you're getting slim, and you're trying to stay motivated. Uh, you're believing God for a six-pack. Anybody believe in God for a six-pack, right? I'm not talking about beer. I'm talking about abs of steel, okay? You're looking for a six-pack abs of steel, okay? And and you're you're believing God, you know, I'm and you got to stay motivated, right? You look in the mirror every day and you're like it's not working. 
It's not working. It's hard to stay motivated when you, you're the only one looking at you. You know what I mean? When you're the only, and then somebody, wow, you're looking good. You're like, whoa, it's working. I feel, yeah, I've been working out, you know. I feel good these days, you know. And, it, you know, often what, what it's hard for us to detect is when we become familiar with something, the prophetic uh, kind of butts up against the familiarity uh, that we're used to. And in many ways, it, it actually comes in and gives a whole different perspective on something that you're already seeing, something that you're already looking at, something that you're already aware of, but it gives you a whole different perspective on what you already see. Isn't that good? And I, I just feel like I have a word for you this morning. I want to I prophesy it to you. It's out of Romans 8, and it says this, Verse 28, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Say purpose. Do you know the purpose of God in your life? Now, purpose has become kind of a uh, common word. In fact, there's, I don't know how many books are on Amazon.com about purpose. Purpose is probably the most uh, Googled or, or searched for a subject in life, most of us, well, there's two questions that we ask in us instinctively. We say, who am I? Number one, who am I? And then number two, what is my purpose? We all want to know those two basic elements of who we are. Am I right? Has anybody gone through that stage of life or season of life? Maybe you've gone through it several times. I know for me, I've gone through it multiple times because in my life, I've not just settled in on this is me. I've gone, I want to wear multiple hats and, and, and have multiple ways of uh, expressing myself. And my purpose is, is multifaceted. We have a multifaceted purpose in God. And but purpose, it seems to be, you know, there's my purpose, my purpose, my purpose. And it's, it's something that we all wonder about. What is my purpose? But the language of and dialogue of the kingdom is not my purpose, but his purpose. All things work together for the good of his purpose. His purpose. It doesn't say all things work together for the good of my purpose. And there's a point in your life where you have to lay down your, your life. And, I, and I, I feel like it's what I call a passenger perspective. Passenger perspective. I want you to write that down. Passenger perspective. Because in order to do kingdom, you're going to have to get out of the driver's seat and you're going to have to give the, the wheel to Jesus. Jesus, take the wheel. Right? Yep. You ever felt like that in your life? You're like, Jesus, take the wheel. And you've got two hands on the wheel. Take it from my hand. Pry it from my fingers. It's hard, right? When God wants you to be a leader, but at the same time you're dealing with control. You ever felt like that? Because leadership has been modeled control. I gotta get, I gotta take control, but all, leadership is not going. God, what am I gonna do? It's God. What are you going to do? What do you want to do? And I've changed my prayer in my life from 
when I get into situations, I no longer go, God, what do I do? To God, what do you want to do? Jesus said, I can only do what I see the Father doing. I can only do what it is that he is up to. There's sometimes in life that you take twists and turns that don't make sense. But God is working in your life in a way that is unusual. You know what? It's funny. It's like the, the way that you understand whether you're walking with God or not, at least me, is whether or not I, I allow God to call an audible in my life at any moment. You ever had God call an audible? The first audible that we see in Scripture is the moment when Abraham goes up on the mountain to sacrifice Isaac. God gave me a directive. You ever felt like, you know, you got purpose in your heart? Finally, Abraham's got purpose, right? And God goes, I'm going to use you. I'm going to call you to nations. I'm going to multiply you. You're like, whoo, that's amazing. Because God never gives a word that's like low level. He always speaks so cosmic. Do you know what I mean? Like God never says, behold, you will do PowerPoint to the nations, you, you, will, you will be a plumber to nations. You might be a plumber. That's a noble job. But you, you, he never ever just kind of puts you. He always says something outrageous, right? First time I heard God, he says, I'm going to use you before nations. He, sa- he speaks to me. He says, I'm going to put you in stadiums. I'm going to put you before nations. And I was like, come on, Lord. Yes, this week. <laughs> so what did I do? I, I put a home group together. I had a little home group that I put together. I went around. I was passing out flyers. I was like, come on, nations are coming. Nations are coming. I was so excited. <laughs> and I was inviting everybody, and one kid shows up. I had printed out, like, the syllabus for the evening. I, I was excited. I had set out chairs in my room. I had my own home group. I'm, I'm going, nations. I'm going to speak to nations. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and I remember... At the end of the meeting, I, 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 I said, I, I want, if this makes sense to you, I want every head bowed, every eye closed. <laughs> this one young guy in the room, he goes, he's looking around. He's looking for the other people. I said, every head bowed, every eye closed. He, I said, I want you, if this, if the Lord's tugging on your heart, even if just one person here, just if the Lord is tugging on your heart, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to lift your hand. I saw this kid lift his hand and I went, he went, he's looking around. I said, every eye closed. And I said, there's no shame here. I want you to stand up right now. I said, if this makes sense to any of you, I want you to step forward. No one's looking. No one's looking. He steps forward. I said, I need a catcher.
I, I, I looked at, I went, touch. <laughs> he was like, he's looking around. God calls you to great things. And then he puts you on a path that is what I call the passenger perspective. He says, behold, I'm going to do great things. Forget the former things. I'm going to do a new thing. Forget every way you've learned how to do this thing. Because when God calls you to a place, calls you to something, he, he speaks over you. It's his call, not your call. It says, Ephesians 1, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him give us eyes to see the hope of his calling. God has a call. And we're, when we recognize that it's God's calling, it relieves us. It helps us to realize that this thing is all in his hands. He's got it. He's working all things for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Bible is full. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Inside joke. I had to weave it in there. If you weren't here this weekend, we had a blast last night. So that's more than other. It's full of patterns. Turn to your neighbor, grab their love handles, say they're loved by God. <laughs> Tell them that they look good, they're loved by God, and that the Bible is full of patterns. It's patterns. Tracy, this one goes in the books for everybody. I'm going to call you. Let you know, it's patterns in the Bible. <laughs> He's working all things for the good. Say, for the good. He wants to work things for you in your life for the good. God is a good God. Anybody know that? God is good all the time. I wonder what, what about a God's, you know, like you ever have this idea like, God, you know, like what, what kind of mood is God in? Right? Why is God? I need that. I need that. What was that last night you were talking about? Where you put the hand out, they stop. It's like Matrix type stuff. Tell your neighbor, God is good, and there's patterns in the Bible. <laughs> what is the pattern that God is good? He always shows that he's good. There's always a, and then, it's always after you find out that God's been weaving something in this process, in this journey that did not make any sense. Why am I here? How did this happen? I don't understand any of this. You ever felt like that? I remember it was 
about four years ago when I'm in the middle of a rut. I'm in the worst season of my life. We had, a, we had gone through multiple church, you know, it would call, you know, from a kingdom perspective, it's probably church plants, but church splits. We had church this and that. We had people run, leaving. I mean, it was like I couldn't understand why, you know, what I was saying was being heard one way and not the other way. I, I had this, you ever, you ever had to like sugarcoat everything? Every time you text somebody, it's like happy face, happy face, happy face emoji. You're like, what is going on? I'm, I'm like... I'm sending thumbs up signals, and they're they're they're, they're thinking it's an, it's another finger. You know, it's like, why is this happening? And it's just you run into these moments where God is working something in your life in a deeper way. In the middle of all of this, I'm in I'm I'm in a a, a moment where I'm going, God, did you call me to ministry? I'm actually dialoguing with my spiritual father, Randy Clark, and I'm going, I don't think this makes any sense. I don't even know if I'm called to ministry. And he goes, no, you're called, and uh, you got to you know, you know, stick it out. And I'm going, no, I really think that, I, I don't know. It just, for some reason, I feel like maybe I need to give up this idea. Maybe it's just my own, my own head, my own, my, my own thoughts. He goes, no, you're in it. And, you know, are we brave enough to actually feel those moments? Are we brave enough to feel when we feel like disqualified or unqualified for the job that God has called us to, for the things that he's prepared us for? It's a normal thing. Over and over, we find that God always qualifies the disqualified. Jesus comes to people who have not been walking the same road that he is, and he says, I'm calling you. Peter, I'm calling you. James, I'm calling you. I'm calling all of you. He says, and I'm qualifying you. That's why they laid down their nets. They were looking to be qualified. They, they, in that day, you didn't know. They, they actually had a system where they would separate the, the elite from those that were just kind of like common folk, and they would bring them through this rabbi training. Jesus went all the way to the top, that's why he was called a rabbi. But from the time you were a little kid, you were on this path. And Jesus comes to these, these, these men who had been disqualified from this path, from this same journey. Not qualified for ministry. And he qualifies the disqualified. That's why they laid down their nets. Imagine a rabbi coming to you when you wanted to be that your whole life saying, come follow me, come follow me. I'm in the middle of this, this moment with God, and I'm, I'm at the bottom of the barrel. I feel like I'm disqualified, and I have a dream. God gives me a dream. It felt more like a night terror, to be honest. And I, I'm, I'm panicking in this dream. It's a, I go to bed panicking, and he speaks to me. He speaks, he says, I will open up doors for you. Doors to kings and doors to presidents. And even doors to other galaxies. I wake up, I tell my wife, I said, I had this dream. Doors to kings, doors to presidents. And I don't know where to put this one, but even doors to other galaxies. And she says, we need to see someone. 
You ever felt like that in your life? Like people are just not getting what God is sharing with you? You get a deer in the headlight, right? Some of you are looking at your husband. <laughs> You're going, I, I told you, right? And I remember years, I was in a, in a breakthrough moment in my life. And I was in Indonesia, out in this, the tea leaf region, just outside of Jakarta. And I'm with 10 Asian nations. They had brought me in, and I felt like kind of the, the, the oddball, the, the one I didn't, I didn't fit in this group. You've got, you know, prophets over, over this nation. You've got, you know, apostolic leaders over this nation. You've got people, you know, 10 Asian nations, billionaires gathered there to pray, seeking God, and, and I'm there. And I'm going, God, why am I here? How does this make sense? How did I get to this place? And I'm up, I'm up on, that, on that mountain, and I'm, I'm sharing with these guys. I said, guys, you guys seem very spiritual. And they said, yeah. I said, could you guys help me make sense of this? You know, I had this dream several years ago about doors that would open up, doors to kings, doors to presidents, and even doors to other galaxies. And they looked at me, and they go, they, lo- they both looked at each other. They said, do you know where you're at? I said, no. They said, the, the name, we're in this beautiful, massive resort. They said, the name of this resort is Galaxy Resort. <laughs> and then you go, yeah, it's on. Okay, here we go. I'm going to have a ministry. I got, you know, I got to get some people, you know, like, you know, you have this whole plan laid out and it seems like, you know, the path you ever felt like, you know, the path, right? You get a little clearing in the pathway and you're like, it makes sense. Everything. Thank God. The past is behind me. All that issue, the confusion, everything I walk through is behind me. I don't, you know, thank you, Lord. I know where I'm going. You ever felt like that? You get a bass of break, you get a little, little in, you know, inkling of light at the end of the time. You're like, whoa, I'm set. Praise God. Doors are going to open. Kings, I'm going to talk. I mean, it's going to be amazing, right? And, uh, and, and I get back home. I get back home. And I get another download. You ever get another download that just seems so out, outside of what you're already doing? You get a little revelation. You get a word. It's like you're going one direction. All of a sudden, you get another word that has something to do with nothing the direction you're going. God calls an audible. And you're like, you're like, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. Look, now, I've got ADD. So the prophetic actually takes advantage of my weakness. And... It's an interesting thing because I'm always, I'm always willing to, to, to be curious and steer off the normal path that I'm on because I'm willing to be distracted by God. Are you willing to be distracted by God? That doesn't sound like the life we signed up for, right? Does God distract us? Does God want our attention? God speaks to Moses. Moses is off in the will. He's... he's He's shepherding the sheep, his father's flock, and he's seeing, he sees this sign. And it's the sign of the burning bush. The burning bush. He knows where he's headed, but this burning bush is off there. 
Now, it's not an unusual thing to see that in the desert, to see something. It's on fire. And he sees this. But he says, I must turn aside to see what this sign is. Because every day as he passed that same place, this common sign would happen. And it was days later, I believe days later, that when he saw this, he said, why is this thing not burned up? It's like burning every day for days. I must turn aside to see. Sometimes you've got to turn aside to see. You've got to be willing to go a different route. We have, we have so mastered predictability that the enemy knows how to hijack us in our day, in our life, predictability. God is super unpredictable. You ever notice that about God, right? I have a dear friend that said, God said, I want to be friends with you. And he said to God, I don't want to be friends with you. He was honest. And God said, but I want to be friends with you. And, and he goes, God, I read the Bible, and I read what you do to your friends. <laughs> he had a heart-to-heart -heart with the Father, and he finally realized, I want to be friends with you. I'm willing. Because God works all things for the good of those who love him. And who are called according to his purpose. I had a little word that in the middle of ministry growing, ministry, you know, moving forward, things are happening, God is good. And it seems to me that now life makes sense. And then this prophetic word comes out of nowhere. That's why the scripture says, do not despise prophecy. It says, do not quench the spirit, do not, do not despise prophecy, because prophecy can be a thing that irritates you. Disp I mean, have you ever been like, God, not another dream? Not you, you're so spiritual, right? But I've been in my life like, I can't take another like little distraction from you, God. I need to actually see this thing come to, to fruition before I get another word. And there's moments in my life like that where I just am honest with God and I go, God, I can't. And I remember I was in, a, in, in this word and the Lord speaks to me about the release of the Josephs. And it's something that we've launched into, started, and, and we're gathering these Josephs, people like Tracy, people like Steve, others uh, that we're gathering that are uh, thought leaders, influencers, CEOs, you know, uh, entertainers, owners, operators, and gathering together in a huddle, a safe space for us to have a relational connection and then pray for each other, prophesy, and then believe God to mentor the next generation to grow in wealth and wisdom. And I'm just a facilitator. And I get this word from God about the Josephs being raised up. And so I begin to go, God, am I a Joseph? What does that look like? Am I a Joseph? Or is it their Joseph? Who's Joseph? Are you talking to me about me? Because sometimes the prophetic is hard to discern whether it's for you or for someone else. Is this for me or is this for someone else? Right? It's kind of like, you know, preacher heal thyself. You know, you have to walk through your own healing before you bring healing to others. Physician heal. You have to you have to walk through your own word. That's why often the prophetic people, you're, while everyone else is happy, you're, you're being humbled. 
while everybody else is humble, being humbled, you're like, whoo, life is good. Praise God. Because you went through what everybody else is about to go through. But you got a little foretaste of what everybody else is about to go through so that you got the vaccination. You got immunized so that when everybody else is going through it, you're like, I, I went through what you're going through. And I know what it's like. I made it to the other side. There is victory. God works all things for the good. And I remember I'm in this place with God. And I, I, my brother, who's, who's an owner-operator of a restaurant and so, several restaurants, and he, he brings me on to his team because I'm thinking, Joseph, maybe I got to launch into business. I don't know. How do I do this? And I go on to his team, and he's got one of his restaurants as a pizzeria. And I, and I say, what, what do I do if I want to you know, come in as an owner? He goes, well, in here, if you want to be like me, you've got to start from the ground up. I'm going to have you wash dishes. And I'm down there washing dishes, and I feel like, you ever watch the show Undercover Boss? I feel like I'm undercover boss. I'm like, you just got out of prison. Uh, you're about to go to prison. You know, it's like eh, the people around me, I'm going, who are these people? I'm ministering to people. I put on, I put on, work, uh, I put on just music, soft listening music down there. And I don't think they listen to soft listening music in a long time. It wasn't even worship. It was just soft listening music. And the guy says, is that spiritual music? I said, uh, a little bit. He goes, it sounds like Jesus over there. I said, what do you know about Jesus? He goes, he goes oh, uh, I feel him when I'm around you. He could, he could sense him coming off of me. And I'm going, I'm here for a reason. And uh, so the next day, my, my brother says, I know what I'm going to have you do. I'm going to have you prep the dough. And I'm like, this body is made for preaching. I don't do much physical activity. And he goes, he goes, no, I'm going to have you make the dough. So what do I do? We get up really early. You work all day kneading by hand the dough. And the first, you know, 30 minutes of that, you're motivated, right? You're like, we're going to get this done, right? But by 12 o'clock, you're like, oh, God. And this, I'm done. By four o'clock, I'm on my knees praying. I'm needing dough. My back is hurting. And I get on my knees in the middle of that area. And, and, and people are walking. And I get on my knees and I go, God, you told me that I would minister to kings and presidents. I'm needing dough right now. None of this makes sense. Does this make sense to you? And I said, I pray this prayer and I say, God, what do I do? I said, I, I don't know what to do. I feel like, you know, I have this call in one direction. You're speaking this other thing. How does this all make sense, God? I'm trying. I, I, I want to be a, a faithful son. And I say, but if this is my life, you ever get to that point where you just go, but if this is my life. I'm grateful for what you've given me. I don't understand anything that you're doing, but I'm grateful. I get up, 
I'm kneading the dough. I've got dough up to my, my elbows, covered, like in the fibers of my arm hairs. You know, my brother comes over and he goes, you look a little tired. And I'm like, uh-huh. He goes, we need to go for a run. He goes, let's get refreshed. Let's go for a run. I said, okay, like a, like a run? He goes, yeah, like get your, get your jogging shoes on. You know, we're going to go for a run. So I'm in the, in the car, and I'm still praying through this thing. And I'm going, God, you, you said that you would open up doors to kings and presidents. But I thank you. I'm praying through this thing. I'm inner dialoguing with God. And we get down to this downtown St. Louis at Forest Park. We're in this big park, big, if you've been to St. Louis Forest Park, big bike path, lots of runners out, beautiful, beautiful, you know, greenery and, and lots of room to, to run around. And as we get down there in downtown uh, St. Louis Park, uh, Forest Park, I, I remember out of my mouth, just randomly comes out, I say, it, my brother goes, how you doing? And I look at him and I go, the president is here. He goes, what? I said, I don't know. That just came out of my mouth. And, I, and, and he goes, what do you mean? I go, I have no idea. But I think the president is here. He goes, uh, okay, let's go for a run. And uh, so we're jogging around, and we're about 15 minutes into it. And all of a sudden, I start seeing these black cars pulling, big black SUVs pulling up. I'm watching them, and the, tons of them. I'm going, oh, in a feeling, the prophetic inside of me, awakening. And I feel this moving of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going, God, what's going on? You ever felt like your gift is in the right time at the right place? Right? You're like, I was made for this. I was born for this. And I, and I get out, out of this one road, or one pathway, and my, my brother, he's looking around, and he's kind of looking at me weird because he sees these black SUVs pulling up out of nowhere. And we're running, and he goes, take this other road. So we take this other turn, and we're running down the road. And, he, and I look up, and there's a small huddle of people kind of all around one person walking down this, this path. And I, and I, and I look at, at this, and my brother goes, oh, my gosh, it's Hillary Clinton. And I go, no, it's not. I'm running. I go, it's Bill Clinton. Get them confused. <laughs> and I, I look up and I've got this word going on in my spirit. It's in me. It's in me. And I go, Backlanded! <laughs> and I start running at him. And I'm running. I'm like, prophesy, prophesy. And I get up close, the secret service around him, like they, go, they brace themselves and they, they reveal their guns. And, and, I, and I look and, and, I, and, I, and I stop, I freeze. And I look, I, I make eye contact 
at the president, I say, I say, Bill Clinton. He says, yes. And I say, may I approach you? And he goes, come over here, come over here. So I walk over, and the Secret Service, they move out of the way. And when I get to him, the Holy Spirit says, don't prophesy. What a test. I'm like, what? And I feel like this, I'm, 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 it's, it's shut off. So I could tangibly feel when the prophetic is on. I could tangibly feel when it says, nope. And I, and I, I, I don't know what to do because I don't have a prophetic word at that moment. And I look at him. I shake his hand. And I say, I want to thank you for your service to our country. And he looks at me. And he goes, you're welcome. And he just stares at me. He look, we're locked hands. And it was a weird, awkward. I don't know how long it was. But we're, I've got his hand, and I'm looking at his eyes, and I'm going, you look younger than on TV. That's my, my mind. I'm actually thinking this. I'm like, you look younger. And, and, I, and I have his hands, and, I, and the Secret Service come around me, and they start pushing me, like, time to go. But we're stuck there in a moment, stuck there in a moment. And I, and I get pushed, and I'm, like, kind of stunned by everything. And uh. I'm, I'm like walking away, and, and, and I was like, thank you, thank you. And they walk on, they keep walking, and I, and I look at my brother, I say, that was Bill Clinton. He goes, yeah, I said, I told you the president was here. <laughs> you know, Daniel Joseph, they're never brought before. You know, sometimes we want our leaders to be like Mother Teresa in order for us to, to honor them. Right? Can you be a Daniel and be, be before, you know, Nebuchadnezzar? Can you be, be in front of the Pharaoh that enslaves races and still bring honor, still bring life to the situation? Can you do that? I walked away from there, and, I, and I, the Holy Spirit speaks to me. The Father speaks to me and says, I know where you're at. I'm working all things together for the good. He says, I, I can open up doors any time I want to. Any time I want to. You know what you're waiting for? You're waiting for the moment. Some of you are waiting on that moment that God has designed for you specifically made for you. I want to read out of Jeremiah 51. It says this in verse 10. The Lord has revealed our righteousness. Come, let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God. It says the whole earth in Romans 8 is eagerly waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Sons and daughters moving into who they are called to be. The full revelation. You know you've got something inside of you that's good. You know you've got a purpose. God has given you purpose. And you're walking in his purpose. 
You know you've got a prophetic call. Something has, has urged you to greater things. You feel like, man, there's got to be something more. There's got to be something more. And it's the Holy Spirit speaking in you, saying, there's greater things ahead. The best is yet ahead. The best is yet ahead. I went back into that same restaurant. My brother says, how you doing? I say, I quit. (laughs) I say, I'm going on. I'm moving on to what it is that God has for me in my life. He knows where you're at, and he knows a way to get your attention. I feel there's some people in here this morning. You're sitting in between a rock and a hard place, and God has given you a word. It's a destiny word. You have a destiny. And you know what it says in Romans 8? That you actually have a predestiny. That before the foundation of the world, you were predestined. What were you predestined? To be conformed to the image of his son. To look like Jesus in the earth. That means before destiny even was a thing, you had a predestiny. Destiny was not even a concept and God predestined you. What did he predestine you to be like? Jesus. Walking around. Being involved in. And you know. We're in, my wife and I, we've been blessed to be in, in, involved in circles that might offend somebody because we, we don't believe that the light is called to light places. We believe the light is called to darkness. And we don't always get to share where we, we've been or where we go because some people get critical and think, oh, where, are, you know, ooh, this, this, you know, I feel like the church needs to break this off of us. And be, you know, Jesus was a friend of sinners. He was a friend, he didn't always, and he was constantly judged by the Pharisees. Constantly judged, ridiculed. They all had the image, but they didn't have the image of the Son. They all looked the part, but it wasn't the image of Jesus. And I feel like God is calling us into areas that may not fit the religious norms of our day. God wants to begin to reach out to different communities that may not be what we think of. We've cast people out. We thought, you know, we've got to bring them in. But what if we got to go to them? What if we got to go to them? What if we got to go to them? I started praying a different prayer years ago. So, you know, a a lot of prayers about, God, give me my promised land. And I feel like this this is something to adopt here. I started praying, God, give me my Babylon. Give me my Babylon. The place of influence that you've called me to, Lord. I'm not going to go into the promised land and evangelize people. I'm not going to walk into the promised land and heal. The promised land, people are healed there. Promised land, people are, are walking with Jesus there. Come on. You know what I mean? You're like, give me that. That's a safe place for you to be who you are. But when you get into your Babylon, you've got to learn, as it, Daniel, the language of the Chaldeans and Babylonians. You talk a different talk. There's lifestyle language that he wants to give us. That when we walk into places, we're not freaking people out with the language that we have right now. 
I remember I walked into a supermarket, I'm ministering to this young lady. I say, hey, by the way, um, got a little picture. Um, do you have a shoulder problem? She says, yes, I do. How did you know that? I say, well, I just get these images. God gives them to me. And, the, and I had one of the ministry students next to me. And she says, well, that's what we call a word of knowledge. It's found in 1 Corinthians 12. You don't know that. You know, I was like, tone it down. Tone it down. Don't reveal all the secrets. Sometimes, I mean, when we've seen people healed and they get healed, they're like, whoa, that's amazing. And I have other ministry students with me and they're like, that's just Jesus. You know, he just does that. I'm like, no, you got to be as wild as they are. When they say, that's amazing, I'm like, that is amazing. Because I never want to take away from what God is doing. Come on. When God moves, I want to be as surprised as a person seeing it for the first time. When God, you know what I mean? You could get to a place of comfort with even God himself where you're just like, ah, you know, it's another day with God in the office, you know. But when you see God for the first time in someone else's eyes, it's a beautiful thing. That's why I love to get around the lost. When you get around those that don't know Jesus, and you know what I've come to realize? Everyone is on their journey with Jesus. They may not even know that he's Jesus, but everyone is on their journey. And we're there just to bring a greater awareness of where Jesus is in their life. Come on, isn't that good? We've got, man. What would it look like if you were this week called into a place totally outside of your normal circle, called into a place, and God says, hey, this may not be your call, but this is my call. Can you step into that? Can you step into that? I've learned this from my good friend Doug Addison. Whenever there's a situation that happens and you need a miracle, Always let the person know that that's your specialty. I remember I was several years ago with, with some friend, a, a friend sitting at a coffee shop coaching this young guy. And we're talking. He's going through this amazing journey with Jesus. And these two young gals, they're sitting next to us. They come down. They sit down. And they're drinking their coffee, smoking their cigarettes. We're outside. And I'm watching this young man listened to his life, and all of a sudden I hear one of them, you know, she lights up her cigarette, and she goes, man, I had a dream last night. The other one says, man, me too. And I hear, me too, I had a dream. And I go, I'm in a Joseph moment. And I say to my friend, hold that thought. Watch this. We go over, these two young ladies, I'm looking at them, and I say, excuse me, I don't mean to be weird, but I was listening to your conversation by, by accident, and I heard that you had a dream. And the one said, yeah, I had a dream. The other one said, me, I had a dream too. And I said, well, you, you're in good luck because I'm an expert dream interpreter. Now, I'm not an expert dream interpreter. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on. And the one says to the other, well, okay, I've never heard of this, but uh, you, you, well, I go, what, they go, what do we do? I said, give me the dream. So one says, well, I was in this dream, and my grandmother, who's dead, 
she was in the dream, but she was, she was tied down to a vehicle. I remember she's tied down to this vehicle. She's on the front hood of this vehicle. And I remember I walked over. I had a sharp knife, and I, I untied her, and she fell off the vehicle and fell onto me. What does this mean? And I say, I look at her. I, I'm listening to the dream, and I respond. I say, this is what the dream means. And when I say, this is what the dream means, I don't know what the dream means. <laughs> but I'm in emergency tongues. You ever have been in emergency tongues? Emergency tongues, you pray in tongues in your brain. You don't, you know, you're like, in your, in your mind. Is it possible? I don't know. But I said, this is what the dream means. And I said, there was a call on your grandmother this comes out of my mind. There's a call on your grandmother, and it got tied down, but you've recognized that it got, it got tied down, and you've learned how to loose it, and it's fallen and fallen onto you. You're now carrying the same call that was on your grandmother. The other one says, I had a dream too. I'm like, come on. All right, what was the dream? She says, well, I was in with my mother, and my mother passed away, but we're in this church and I don't know why she's alive still in the dream. And there's candles all around in the church. She's alive. Me and my family are there. And I, I recognize that one of the candles had tipped over and, and was starting to burn the building down. But, and I run out of the building, out of the church, and I bring my whole family out. And we realize our mother is still inside. But she's alive. She says, what does that mean? I look at her. And I say, this is what the dream means. And when I say, this is what the dream means, I have no idea what the dream means. I say, the dream, it means that there's a spiritual call on your family that you felt like had died or fallen apart when your mother passed. But the Lord wants you to know that that dream is still alive. It's even alive today and present in your life, and it's come upon you. She says, that's what I thought it meant. <laughs> God works all things for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Say, I'm called. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're called. You're called according to his purpose. He doesn't call you based upon your pedigree. He doesn't call you based upon your skill set. I, I know it, it's, it's so interesting. You look throughout scripture and you find he always calls people. He, he says, look, I, I need that person, that one, the, the, the chicken, the coward. They're the brave one that I'm going to use. Uh, the, the murderer over there, they're the one that I'm going to use to bring freedom and life. Uh, the, you know, the, the adulterer, that one right there, I, I'm, I'm going to use that one to lead a nation into intimacy with me. How's that happen? What if our biggest weakness is actually a way for God to expose his greatest strength? <sighs> Come on. Come on. Come on. He's revealing this. And I'm telling you, here's, here's what I felt like. The greatest problem with the church is not hidden sin. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying there's no hidden sin. I think the greatest problem with the church is hidden righteousness. 
hidden righteousness. It's our righteousness that is going to be revealed. Save them, Jesus. Pray for my father-in-law right now. I'm going to do an altar call. We've had so much fun this week with you guys. I feel this house is going to be a city that's set on a hill. That the light of God will be seen in this house. That you're going to be a, a witness of what God is going to do. Like a prototype of what God wants to do in one place at one time. There's an expansion out of this house to receive your Babylon. To receive the inheritance of the city that God has called you to. And I feel that individuals in this room are going to be like, like systematically and, and strategically promoted into places in, in, of influence and authority. And then you're going to start to seize the high places. You're going to start to recognize this is time to seize the high places. And there's been doubters. There's been people that have, have minimized even the move of the spirit in this room. But I feel that God has put this place as a corporate think tank for his presence and, and what it is that he wants to do, the ideas he wants to give to this region. There's influencers that you're going to begin to bring in and draw in. And I see mentorship, but it's not just to, to help them with their skill, but it's to father and mother and nurture, foster the, the presence of God in their life. I feel this is going to be a safe place for people to come and worship, a safe place for people to come. And you know what? When pow the power of God shows up, the presence of God shows up, there's going to be moments in this room where people laid out, laid out under the presence, laid out for hours, sometimes days. I'm telling you, there's going to be impartation. There's also, I really sense a strong gift of impartation in this place. And that he wants to release the power of impartation to this house. Paul the Apostle said, I... I desire to be with you that I might impart some spiritual gift to you. That people are going to come and they're going to be imparted spiritual gifts in this house. And that you're going to recognize the gift of impartation, the power of impartation, the grace for that is in this room. And that through the laying on of hands, people are going to receive gifts and be called to who they are. You're going to, you're, there's, in this community, I see worship leaders arising New worship sounds emerging. And that you're going to recognize that, get, that, that the skilled musicians are going to come from all over the place. They're going to come from the north, south, east, west. And they're, they're, going, to, they're going to find a place for them to practice. Find a place for them to even exercise and express their gifts. God wants to make this place a sound. And this sound is going to go out. It's going to hit the highways and the by It's going to hit the city streets. You're going to start to see signs and wonders and miracles in the city streets. People are going to get healed. People are going to get delivered. And it's going to be naturally supernatural. People are going to say, are you part of that group? Are you part? Where, where are you from? We've, the last per, somebody else just prayed for me 10 minutes ago. What are you guys doing? There's going to be moments where even a city, uh, like a city block, I see a city block uh, being taken over with the gospel. And that people are going to come and, and, and minister in that city block and, and see that entire place be as a beacon of hope and light. There's going to be a recovery from addiction. 
and you're going to see drug addiction and rehabilitation restoration. You're going to see drug addiction break. And I feel like this house is at the tip of the spear of that. And I see people in this room where you beat yourself up over what it is you walked through in the past. But your greatest weakness is going to be God's greatest strength in your life. You're going to step into a place of, of reconciling even families and people in marriages that are broken and beaten up. Families getting back together. Sons and daughters being restored. And, and peace in families. I see uh, wholeness coming, off, uh, coming over families and houses in this region. And I saw in the homes, you're going to start to see gathering places for worship. And there's going to be 24-7 worship in some places that are going to be in homes. And uh, it's not going to be in just a church, a random church building. It'll be in a home. But God will gather people. And he'll begin to foster this kingdom community that's going to reach out. I saw the Midwest opening up. And uh, from this place, you're going to start to see the Midwest opening up. And there's going to be itinerant ministries that are raised up from this place. They go out and speak, preach, prophesy, equip, resource the body of Christ. You're going to recognize that uh, divine connections and new connections are going to be established. And it won't be just the, the normal connections that you've had in the past. In fact, I, I feel like an, uh, an entire African-American community, black community is going to open up and uh, denominations are going to open up for you guys to begin to step into relational connection, to partner in unity and in diversity. And so watch as God begins to open this up. I feel bankruptcy is no longer going to be an, a, a, a possibility or an option. I feel in this room, people that have been bankrupt over the last year, they're actually going to go from bankruptcy to to a financial increase unlike they've ever seen before. And you're going to begin to get a download and it's going to be keys of the kingdom. I see generosity in giving unlike ever before. And that God is going to begin to use the generosity that you have in your heart to actually be an advancement of the kingdom. People are going to be generous on a level that they've never felt before. And it's going to be the spontaneous moments of generosity this house will be a generous house. And you'll be able to give more than what you even take in. God will multiply what you take in. And there'll be such an increase that you'll go, I'm, I'm, we seem to be giving more than what we're taking in. And God will, it'll be well. It won't be a burden to you. Watch individuals in this room. You're going to step into a place where you can bring wholeness and actually pay off debts of other people. And... There's going to be an uh, even financial increase in your life. But I see acquisitions happening. Acquisitions and mergers. You're going to see acquisitions happening where people have businesses and they're going to acquire other businesses in this house. And it's not going to be a burden to you. Watch as God begins to open up the door for acquisition. I see mentorship. And I see those that have been... Uh, you know, the baby boomers, the Gen Xers, mentoring millennials, mentoring the next generation, and bringing them with you in the journey. And the, the last thing I want to say is more of something that I'm learning is that 
is that the, the fathers and mothers that God is raising up right now are, are not going to be high-level teachers. That they're going to be nurturers. They're, going to, they're not going to, their, their main characterization of their fathering and mothering is not going to be from the pulpit. They're actually going to be in, in other environments and begin to mentor, foster love, and care for those people. But they'll never step into the pulpit. And I feel like the, even sometimes the idolization of the pulpit can get in the way of your gift. Can get in the way of your gift. Just because you're not on the stage or not in the pulpit doesn't mean that you don't have a gift. In fact, I believe some of the greatest leaders in our day will not ever step on stage in a pulpit. Some of the greatest influencers of our day. And that sounds backwards, but I, I, I strongly believe that there's going to be influencers in this room who are comfortable never to be on the stage, but, but to worship in the environment and just bring glory to the name of Jesus. Come on, isn't that good? You've been listening to a presentation from Heartland Church in Ankeny, Iowa. For more information about our ministry and its available resources, visit us on the web at heartlandchurchonline.com. Thanks for listening.